0: The Parenting Unpacked podcast is recorded in Yagara and Yagambe, Bunjalung land. We acknowledge the Turrbal, Yagara and Kumbhmeri people as its traditional custodians. We acknowledge all First Peoples of this land and celebrate their enduring connections to country, knowledge and stories. We pay our respects to the elders, those who have passed into the dreaming, those here today and those of tomorrow.
1: Hello and welcome back to Parenting Unpacked. You're here with Dr. Kristen Summer and Dr. Siobhan Kennedy-Costantini. Siobhan, we haven't really recorded since Christmas, since before we went on our Christmas break. Before Christmas, yeah. Yeah, except for a sneaky little episode which is coming up next week which was amazing and it was the only time when we could get um, For very busy women together to have that conversation. But you are going to love it, everyone. I promise you that. It was, I think it might be my favorite episode ever, but totally rambling and off topic. Uh, Siobhan, how was your holiday period? And how are you doing? It was,
0: yeah, no, it was. I'm doing well. It was very good. It was very busy. Um, so we had kind of three Christmases, which is mm-hmm. too many. Um, so we had, yeah, we had on Christmas day, we had our little, um, three person family Christmas at home. Um, mm-hmm. and this year is the first year that my little one understood the concept of Santa and Christmas. So, so it was cute. so exciting. Mm. Um, and just, I think I, like we got carried away cause we were just excited to see his reaction to buying presents. Um, so we got same. excited and carried away buying presents because we were excited about his reaction. Um, and then we went to my in-laws and had breakfast there. And then there was like a second, like small in-laws family of opening presents. And then we went to my husband's grandparents' farm and there was like 50 oh. people there. Oh, and that was, was actually really good. Um, it was a lot and it was hectic, mm-hmm. um, but it was really, really good. And we lasted all day because normally, um, So I'm jumping ahead of myself so my sister my younger sister lives in sydney and my parents decided this year to go down and spend christmas with her so that meant that my side of the family didn't catch up on um, christmas day which we normally do so normally we go to the farm one and then leave and then join my family for the afternoon Mm. Um, but this year we stayed until dinner time really so my little one woke up at 4 35 open presents and didn't didn't nap obviously because too exciting and then stayed awake until like 7 p.m which Jeez. Is wild um, that's actually
1: a and... normal day for my daughter but like feels well, it is
0: now it is now for yeah, us but like no. two months ago or have I have no idea how much a month <laughs> ago yeah, so, it's the 17th yeah, normal... of
1: january today for posterity everyone that we're recording this episode christmas is time on the doesn't mean anything to it's me it's about three yes. weeks anyway so
0: <laughs> that was so i guess that was the beginning of his normal because now he does that all the time yeah but that we hadn't he hadn't done that before hmm, um, isn't it fun no it's terrible it's exhausting um, I, pref- <laughs> I prefer naps we do tend to have quiet time now in the middle of the day sometimes cool
1: I wish we did quiet time. She is just, she does not like quiet time.
0: It's no, just... I think as well, when I say we quote unquote do quiet time because I'm pregnant and because I get exhausted, mm. I tap out and my husband oh, takes over. That's nice. We like that. It is, I'm, I'm very lucky. He's very wonderful. Mm. Um, I just do the, I am so exhausted and it's true. I am usually very, very tired and I need yeah. a nap. So, yeah. but anyway, I digress. So yes, yes. um, that was like the second christmas and then my family so i'm one of five kids and we've got as uh, seven uh, grandchildren like nieces and nephews for me then we all did on the first week of january we did a big holiday away together in two big houses mm. in montville which is uh, hinterland sunshine coast so we did another christmas there um, so, so many christmases so busy Yeah, we had like two weeks of family and hecticness and we've just all of all three of us have started back at work and daycare this week so back mm. to reality what about you how was your your time off um it was nice so
1: i had a week off before my husband and and i sent my kid to to daycare that week as well and i was just really burnt out from work i was really burnt out from a whole bunch of stuff that kind of happened at the end of the year so i kind of just zoned in on focusing on myself and doing some things that made me feel good um and i ended up painting my office wall you can see here if you're watching the video that the wall is now white not blue Um, and i know that sounds so like boring um but it took me a couple of days to paint that i got some shelves from ikea and i spray painted them brass they were black Um, and so now i have a nice lovely wall of bookshelves which i am filling slowly Um, And so I did that on the first week off while battling like the kind of guilt that, you know, I'm not working. Mm -hmm. Um, Why is my daughter at daycare? But I filled every single one of those days and still didn't get anywhere near as much done as I wanted to. Um, So that was the start of my break. And then, yeah, we had the standard Christmas. So we my kid doesn't stop running and doesn't, she's in a whiny mood, like not a mood, mm. like a phase, like we've hit peak whine. And I don't know mm. if any like anyone that is listening, like you guys at three or at like just after three, like, did your kids hit like that whiny phase? Cause holy moly, like every single word is a whine and the constant like especially after the holidays the constant number one question as soon as she wakes up is can I have a lolly and then when you say <laughs> no it's just um like bloody murder like it's just mm-hmm. hell and for just I don't know it's it's a really challenging part of parenting right now mm-hmm. um so that was kind of like what typified our holiday break was this new phase of whining, which was Challenging and exhausting. Um, I'm sure it feels a bit burnt out. Her, yeah. Mm. Um, So I feel like it was probably pretty exhausting to her too, because whining kind of indicates that, like, you know, there's a lot going on in her head and her body and her brain. I don't know. Anyways, that's that's a challenge to navigate later. So we did the standard Christmas where we had we went to my parents in the morning after we opened presents at home. Um, We did the rookie era of buying presents that we thought were open-ended and functional and useful but to be fair I did it on purpose because I then like told everyone else in our family what to buy her that she would love and enjoy and like the things that she really likes so like my mum got her a pram for her dolls like a super like fancy one um and yeah we got her like a lego table and stuff which has been a bit of a slow burn but she's really getting into the lego and the lego table um so yeah we kind of buy more long-term presents I guess but we did Hmm. definitely buy her a decent number of presents we kind of went a bit hard um as it sounds like you guys did too but it's
0: just so tricky because like you're out at the shops you're like oh they'll love that oh they'll love and it but also I mean like to be fair
1: how many of those toys are for us like I buy yeah. toys that I actually think I'm going to try to play with her. So like mm. we bought Lego because it's something that my husband and I also enjoy playing with. So now we all play together for longer. Yeah. And because she's only three and she's not the kind of child that really enjoys construction, like some three-year-olds love Lego, can build elaborate buildings at three. She can't. She's She hasn't got the interest, the motivation, the desire or the skill really to do it yet because she hasn't been practicing it but what she does love doing is taking little tiny people and playing in little tiny buildings so yeah. she asks us to play with her and we go in and we build lego which we enjoy doing it's like a mindfulness activity for adults totally. and then she plays with the lego that we build and that's working for right now so that's my Lovely. philosophy on lego right now but yeah so yeah, christmas we're, is great we're into yeah. lego too yeah how's he going with building it?
0: Really good. He loves. So Duplo, he's been doing for ages. He's switched to Lego, mm. um, yeah. which he loves. And Alex, my husband, really loves Lego um, and was mm-hmm. really into it as a kid. And so they, um, a lot of it's scaffolded, it, of course, because like just there's yeah. like, physical limitations of being able to put things together. But yeah. he loves building different things. Pause and
1: define what is scaffolded.
0: Oh, great question. So scaffolding mm-hmm. um, comes from the teachings of uh, Lev Vygotsky who was a developmentalist um, in the 1930s and 40s i think he was Probably. around the same time as Piaget Vygotsky um, but yeah. was he was Russian and was not rediscovered until the 60s and 70s so mm-hmm. um, and translated into english more specifically anyway he talks about how um children learn best when uh, adults scaffold so it's literally like when you think of building a house you put the scaffolding in order to support the building and struck provide a framework and structure that the house itself can then um, strengthen its foundation so it's the same thing it's letting the kid um, kind of guide the learning or play but then being there to help facilitate and prompt or um, kind of do things um, to keep things going yes so in without. layman's terms scaffolding is guiding without
1: interfering and helping yes. your child pursue the things they want to when it seems like after some effort and trying that it doesn't work um but thank you for the theoretical lesson I just figured yeah, like course. scaffolding is a word that like gets thrown around yeah. a lot in developmental cycle but, absolutely right but every everyone you guys listening at home how many of you know the word scaffolding I was recording a YouTube video this morning on attachment and like was like talking about all these things and at one point I said schema and I was like and schema means Idea, image in head, category in head. Like it was just like, wait, these mm. are words that, um, you know, I can say to yeah, the people using in my for 15 office. Years. That, yeah, yeah, like it's fine, but like also, I know that the level of knowledge of you guys listening at home may not be, and probably shouldn't be, the same level as what we've been doing and talking about for a really long time. And, and it's, it's not, not a even job level. It's it's define. not even like level specifically. It's like jargon. It is it's jargon, isn't it? That's exactly what it is. So jargon heavy, and we try so hard not to be jargony. So. Always feel free to call us out, folks, um, because we try our best to never be jargony. That's kind of like something we wear as a badge of honor. And if we are using jargon, we're usually defining it right afterwards. So I'm going to keep interrupting whenever she She says big words
0: or complicated jargony. (laughs) Absolutely. Go for it. Ah. Um, But yes, so um, Alex loves uh, Lego. And then (laughs) we bought him, Timo specifically requested from Santa a Lego digger. The only Lego Ooh. digger that we, and we could find a Lego tractor. We could find a Lego, LEGO front loader. Unfortunately, no. he knows the difference between mm, does. All the, these things. Yes. Um, so the only Lego digger we could find was Lego Technic, which is the, like, um, what is it called? Like the type of Lego that is specifically targeted to adults, not mm-hmm. to children. Mm-hmm. So Alex had to spend like two hours on Christmas morning building <laughs> <nothing laughs> said digger. And Timo all morning, is it done yet? Is it done yet? Is it done yet? Why isn't it done? Can I play with it? Can I play with it? Um, That's and awesome. where they're going, we, should we have built this last night? Yes. But yes. also, like, yeah, so we definitely should have. That was. Yes. Yes. Anyway. But no, so they love it. But actually, the real hit of this Christmas has been magnet tiles. So mm. um, we got a good deal on Amazon for these. Um, we did not, the same thing. Same, Yeah. Magnetiles is the actual brand, I think. And so we got an offshoot cast. I think, I think Kinetics is the one that's popular here in
1: Australia. Kinetics, but they're connect. Yeah. Kinetics, but they're really expensive, Mm. but I don't, I I do not bat my eye at the, at the Amazon ones. They're not as strong as Kinetics, but you know what?
0: They are good. But he has loved it. And we, um, we took them, so we had a week away in Montville, and then a week away at the beach. And we took mm. them with us, and that's what he played with the whole time. And he spends a lot Amazing. of his time building little garages for his cars. Um, and then we do that, mm-hmm. yeah. And then different. And th- the good thing is because it so Lego requires a lot more like physical dexterity and fine mm-hmm. motor control, whereas mm-hmm. the magnet tiles do not um, mm-hmm. because of the magnet. You can just kind of slot it together in a much easier way. So those have been a huge hit yeah we far and away the the best present
1: we noticed an uptick in interest in the magnet tiles that we had we've had them for a little while I'd probably say a year and she just started getting really into them and we Mm. realized that we didn't have enough so yeah she got a bunch more for Christmas and I did kind of a rookie error I bought a like marble run as well from the local toy store. Mm. And like I made sure that the ones we bought on Amazon were pretty much exactly the same as the ones that we have, which I think were like Kmart ones. Um so that we could just keep growing it. But like on a spur at the moment, I saw the marble run ones and I was like, cool, we'll just add that and didn't think that they might be different sizes. And they are different sizes. Oh. And the marble run we have like The like run bits don't actually connect via magnets the way that like the square bits do. So it's really annoying. But she wasn't too into it. But when my nephew came over the other day and he's seven, he was really into it. And so we were building it together. And now she's super into like playing with it. So she'll get me to build Mm. something and then she'll do the marble run. So yeah, look, some presents are hits, some are less hits, some your children will grow into, some they will never touch um and that's just the moral of the story so if you're feeling bad about your present choices it's okay because we are literal experts in what children can and can't do at different ages and we still screw it up sometimes
0: <laughs> absolutely i yeah. curious what uh, so I'm asking you to condense basically a decade of childhood memories oh god of <laughs> of um your like childhood birthday and or Christmas is there a present that totally stands out because I have one that see isn't it funny like oh actually no there uh, is there is mm -hmm. the playstation oh well look that's a good one
1: and it's a good one anyways what was yours
0: mine so there's one there's um one I think it was for a birthday Mm -hmm. and I have like very specific and I must have been young I must have been like four and it was this tiny little um yellow piano (laughs) I loved it I absolutely and it's i remember so a few years ago i t- i told my mom how much i like remember it and how much i remember loving it Aww. and she got all happy because she goes that's i bought it for you because i really wanted it when i was a kid and i wasn't allowed it oh that's so <laughs> yeah. cute yeah. um anyway Aww. so but it's just interesting that of all the presents that you get over a decade or more that mm. so few of them stick not that's not to say it's not important obviously yeah.
1: Oh, but, yeah. It's uh, important in the moment. Like the reason I buy yeah. toys for my child is so that she is busy and doesn't yell at me constantly when she is at home. That is yes. the principal reason for having toys in my household. I'm sure Quite. we could say it's for enrichment or learning or, uh, you know, positive developmental outcomes. But let's be real. parenting's really hard. and Toys make it a little
0: bit easier. <laughs> Yeah. Occupying activities. Our favorite <laughs> occupying activity recently was on this Sunday past. We, mm. um, my uncle was at my parents' house to help um, create a gravel, like, um, landing around the side of my parents' mm. house. And so um, my husband loved it because he got to do a task uninterrupted by the child. He Ooh. actually got to complete something. That feels um, which good. Which he's been trying to do mm. all summer. Yeah. Um and then Timo loved it cuz he got to stand on a um trailer full of gravel and oh, direct yeah. people as to what they're allowed to shovel when obviously they didn't listen to him but he felt in control and that's what matters mm. um and then we did gardening in my mom's yard and it was we spent like 9 hours there we were oh, only wow. supposed to come over for a quick swim but it just turned into a whole day activity that's amazing
1: yeah we have a pool so that's a pretty good occupying activity for us at the moment but my kid is baby doll obsessed and i was Mm. too like i find it really interesting that we both take the approach of like there's no gendered toys like Mm -hmm. my daughter has just as many boy toys as she had girl toys but that is soon going to change um Mm -hmm. because she is so obsessed with dolls so so obsessed with Barbies and Polly Pockets and just everything it's, care based. It's so funny, hey! Mm-hmm.
0: If
1: I like I, if I ever have another kid, she's going to lose her goddamn marbles because she's <laughs> so desperate. She said the most inappropriate thing to me in the shower the other day, and I was just like, "We are at that stage now." And like, she's done this a few times. So, um, you know when kids start saying really inappropriate things when they probably shouldn't have because they're incredibly honest. We were just like standing in the shower and she's just like, we have a double shower. It's luxury. It's the best thing ever for having a kid. Like we didn't we didn't plan to have a double shower. We just bought a house and it had it and it was just the best thing ever. But she was staring, standing there staring at me and I thought she was like looking at my vulva or something, like waiting to ask a question about that. Like, mm. cause she's very curious about vulvas. But <laughs> she comes out with, mommy, do you have a baby in your belly? And I was like, no, why would you say that? And she's like, because you have a very big belly <laughs> oh it's just like it's just I looked down and I was like it doesn't even look that big what is she saying and yeah when we, were, when we were walking in Bunnings the other days so that's our hardware store we were walking behind a woman who looks like she has lipedema. um so like you know when they have incredibly large like um, lower halves of their body with uh mm. what's it called when there's like indentation on the skin um, so something you should absolutely shouldn't call out in the middle of a hardware whistle. And Sienna was just like, why does that lady have such a big bum? And I was just like, Fuck me. please Hannah's. stop talking, child. <laughs> just, just like, Hey, we don't really talk about people's appearances unless like ever, to be honest. Um, so it's just such an awkward, con- like, I, I just, I didn't know what to say. And there was another time, like when we were around, like, my husband's family and one of them is um has Parkinson, so he talks in a different way he talks a bit slower um and she was like why is he talking so
0: funny I was just like oh my god
1: oh so curious so
0: inappropriate please stop I'm so glad we're not at that stage yet Timo oh, just stares so at people he, he doesn't comment like yet, processes. but he just full on stares. And like, there's been a few times recently where I've had to just pick him up and turn him the other way, being like, you're making people uncomfortable, please stop. I love that. Um, I think yeah. that's,
1: that's just the best. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I'm ready for this, this stage of parenting where it's either whining or saying completely inappropriate things because like, I feel out of my depth on a good day. I am starting <laughs> to feel very out of my depth. Like trying to answer some of the questions she has. Like, how do yeah. I answer some of these really intense philosophical questions? Like, yeah,
0: I just like what I is the distance? Practice. Like, oh, how do you define distance? Practice at my, what is distance? Oh my goodness, yeah. I practice with my nephew who is um almost seven, and he was asking me, because I saw my belly and said, what, what's in your belly? Is it a boy or a okay. girl? I said, well, we just found out that it's a boy. Actually, I haven't told you this. What? Yeah. <laughs> Another one. Boy. Boys club. Yeah. yeah. Alex is crushed. Um, oh. He's very <laughs> upset. He wanted a girl. Uh, he's still very heartbroken
1: about it. Alex, you never know how this child is going to identify when they are Correct. older. You never know Correct. what gendered child no. you're going to get. You have the sex of your baby and it is assigned male at birth, most likely. Correct. Yes, Correct. That's
0: okay. But um, <laughs> but no, he is crushed. And um <laughs> but anyway, my nephew was asking and I was explaining that it's a boy, and he goes, How do you even know? So I was explaining about how I did the blood mm-hmm. tests and how there's we can find the chromosomes. He's like, What's a chromosome? Like,
1: mm-hmm. oh,
0: okay, you know about DNA? He's like, Yes. And so he told me everything he knew about DNA and about the mm-hmm. double helix and all kinds. I was like, mm-hmm. Oh, good job. His mom's a doctor, so she's done a lot of explaining. Um, good. and then he goes, So what does it what's a chromosome for then? And I went, I know what a chromosome is but I don't know how to explain it in like seven-year-old language mm-hmm. so I I'm like Diana, my sister-in-law I'm like uh I need your help and she mm-hmm. is a lot more practiced at this so she did an awesome job of explaining it as like mm-hmm. a bookcase that stores the DNA and I was like that's such a good way to describe it mm-hmm. um But yeah, and then he was telling me, this same nephew was telling me all about how, yeah, and then there's a sperm. But guess what? I'm the best one because I won the race and all the other sperm, they lost the race. So that means I'm really fast. (laughs) (laughs) Like I had all these flash forwards to, oh my goodness, I cannot wait to have these kinds of conversations. It's going to be hilarious and confusing and confronting. It's just, it's exhausting and I have to constantly, Mm -hmm. like it's
1: hilarious, but like also I have to keep repeating the mantra in my head and Ryan gets really frustrated by it because she, like her prime question time is bedtime and driving. Mm. And Mm. holy moly, like I record it sometimes and I keep forgetting to put them up because like she will just ask like, machine gun battery of questions and she'll often ask the same question over and over and over again and mm-hmm. I think that's because she wants more information I have to keep reminding myself like she's doing this because this is how children are programmed they're programmed to mm-hmm. learn they're programmed to ask why they're programmed to find out more information and eventually mm-hmm. you just get to the point where you're like I don't know and then they ask again and again and yeah. again and you're just like I just told you I
0: don't know I don't have all the answers I'm my I'm favorite failing. <laughs> we're we're firmly in the why 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 stage Mm -hmm. as well um and my favorite is to ask once i get to the i don't know just cause phase i turn (laughs) around be like why why do you think do you have any ideas yeah Um, that usually shuts them up real quick (laughs) yeah and sometimes he has like his answer makes it very clear the angle of like what his angle of questioning is i'm like oh you're after this okay cool yeah i can answer it now um but yeah it can be so tricky I find it really,
1: like it's challenging though, because sometimes like I turn it around on her and she comes up with an answer and I go, oh, like that's a really good guess, but I think that there's a couple of things that like I'm missing from it. And she's like, no, I'm right. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh. yeah. and yeah. then I don't know what to do next. Like, I don't know whether to be like, oh, oh okay, good job. No. Or like, uh, no, you're wrong. And like, that's just going to turn into a debate because she's you my You have child. to accept her,
0: yeah, you have to accept oh, her it- version of reality. You just, it's go, just yes, really okay. really hard. Yeah, if I that's know, what you it's,
1: think. It's just challenging to figure out like when to educate, when not to <laughs> educate, yeah. and when to just concede the battle. Oh my God, it feels like a battle, this why, the why stage and the
0: whining stage. I feel Ooh. like I, my go to is concede within reason. Yeah. Like if it's Obviously. genuinely, if it genuinely matters, which it mostly doesn't. But I do love mm-hmm. it when he, like, with such emphatic, like, it's like, no, this is how it works. You're like, oh, it firmly does not work that way, but sure sure we'll go with that yeah and I don't know whether
1: like I feel like that could be patronizing sometimes being like I don't think so but that's okay sure like I feel like that's kind of a really patronizing response so I'm still struggling on how to respond that way so if anyone at home Uh, knows how to do that in a way that isn't completely patronizing please slide into our dms
0: (laughs) I wonder if it's I I see how why you why it might feel patronizing but I don't I think it doesn't even register them because they're so confident in their answer what you have to say does not matter
1: I know I just I don't know I ever think literally everything ever oh, yeah in the I was gonna say could be overthinking oh uh, yeah that's I mean that's my neurotype <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> welcome to autism my friend when all of a sudden my child is social and I have no social skills and I don't know what to do anymore I was having a conversation this morning with a colleague who has a child who is nine And she was talking about how there's this like challenging friend relationship thing that she's like working with her daughter through. And Mm -hmm. I was just like, oh my God, like how am I going to guide my future like nine-year-old child through tricky friendship relationship things when I myself am not a person that can maintain or navigate relationships in any reasonable fashion because I am autistic and that means I navigate the world differently from what is potentially a completely neurotypical child. Like what do I do? So anyways, that was my... uh...
0: Um, yeah. <laughs> I think, look, I think even for a, I am neurotypical and that is terrifying. So I can only begin to mm. imagine. Um, <laughs> I suppose. Siobhan, so we need to read you, some I, books. <laughs> we
1: need oh, to read some books.
0: <laughs> I guess. So I have read a few books that haven't talked about this specifically, but have talked about the idea of like, if you feel out of your depth, and they mostly just say, like, equip yourself with other adults who are trusted to your child to fulfill that role um oh god like have aunts or friends or other other people that she can go to with (laughs) these kinds of problems I'm Um, sorry child but you have yeah
1: yeah yeah no one right now we have to we have to source someone who can be your guide in friendships (laughs) or I just need like you know what is she now three I just need six years of therapy like you know (laughs) that's all that'll fix it that'll
0: that'll (laughs) quote-unquote cure your autism (laughs)
1: <laughs> ah, maybe i'll just find a therapist for her and like send them to her like whenever oh, she has like idea. a friendship problem be like source here's
0: someone who knows how to do friends well, <laughs> Go most see schools have, like even primary schools I, i'm learning it's really common to have like school psychologists i mean isn't so... that what
1: ellen our producer was prior to maternity yes. leave yes exactly so, you know. so like oh i can send I was... it to
0: ellen amazing yes.
1: Ellen, you are okay. probably listening right now. Thank you um, for six years down the road when I will be um, begging you for help. But that's okay, because I will exchange help and um, help with your child in some way. Um, I'm not sure that you will need it, but that's okay. i <laughs> waffling because I
0: am terrified. <laughs> yes, completely reasonable. I um, Who's Alex started talking about? Like, Timo was a 16 and 17 year old, and like having to be concerned about him going out clubbing and getting king hit and then like driving and like, and I'm like oh my goodness, can we not? Can Let's we not go not... that far. <laughs> no, I'm like, I can't handle like our current troubles, let alone anyway. So, yes, not for the faint hearted, this whole parenting gig. Um, no. It is terrifying. I have such a big responsibility. Of, uh, gratitude and empathy no. and sorrow for my own parents <laughs> and what I put them through. Um, and I Plus was a pretty good kid siblings. for the most part. Four? Oh, you yeah, had five
1: siblings. There's four, five of yeah, you, f- isn't there? There's five of us. Um, yeah, there's four of I, us. I don't, I, I don't like, understand.
0: I, I'm very grateful for my siblings, but I do regularly say to my parents, what the hell were you thinking?
1: Yeah. Um, I honestly don't very know. Very grateful,
0: very happy that it happened. Um, but my poor parents, yeah, mind you, they I, did it to themselves. So I don't know They really did.
1: They chose that life, yeah. sort of.
0: I do remember uh, like uh, um talking to a woman who she found out i had i was one of five, and she's like oh was your family just like beautiful and tranquil and everyone was like well, and i was like no no what no it was constant yelling and chaos and my mom worked full time and it was just what wild the, what? what big family is tranquil, i think like sound of
1: music it's no. I no. think that's what she was picking. One of four was just chaos. Like <laughs> I feel chaos. I just feel like any household with more than one child, or even just you know what, my house is pure chaos, and I have one child. <laughs> there is no tranquil <laughs> yeah. drink. but you know what I'm trying to say. There is no tranquil family if there is a child involved. That's just no. Probably not. Just leave that expectation at the door, my friend. That's just yes. That's not how it works. <laughs> that's not okay. So oh my god. Um, anyway, so Siobhan, what else is new? You've just come back to work this week, haven't you?
0: Yeah, so I started back. Um, it's been, no, it's been really good and actually a nice kind of slow start. My as I, my little one started at a new daycare, um, one that's much closer to home that we can walk to, which has actually been really pleasant. We've all the three of us have walked up each morning um, all together, which has been really nice. Um, and the last centre we left because it the afternoon trip home took like 45 minutes because of traffic um and yeah it was it was terrible um and he would get stuck in what well, we would we would get stuck in traffic and he'd be going i don't want the cars to be here and i'd say me too buddy um anyway and so part of the selling point to him about we don't even have to drive there's gonna be no cars and he was so excited <laughs> um and so yeah, so we've been walking up and it's been lovely um drop off yesterday was amazing um for his first day uh I was absolutely shocked at how well it went drop off today was a disaster um he was very sad and I felt very bad um but that's just how these things go thankfully he recovers quickly so I knew that he was we kind of both of us stayed at the door and peeked through to make sure that he was okay and he was but as a result we've been picking him up Um, and doing half days I've been picking them up early so I'm currently camped out in my parents um what was my sister's childhood bedroom has turned into my dad's office um recording because he's here hanging out with his grandparents and eating chocolate and watching tv and other such good things that grandparents provide um but yeah slowly getting back into the swing of things you've been back at work for two weeks now right well this is your second week Uh, Yeah this is my second week back and
1: last week is just like I felt like shit and like overwhelmed and miserable and stuff like that and I don't know why because I was looking forward to like having a change of pace again after having chaos Mm -hmm. for a few weeks with my kid Um, and then I saw on the conversation Australia's TikTok like as like my husband and I just had a conversation this like that morning being like why do we feel so bad um and the conversation came up and it was like did you know that like the first week of work is the most unproductive the, like everyone feels the worst but it's okay because the second week of work is the most creative and I was like oh, I feel better now it's not just me like
0: crap. <laughs> good like, I've we... got a creative week ahead
1: <laughs> one day in the future it hasn't quite hit the creative like stride yet but maybe but yeah so if you had a rocky return to work um you're not alone apparently there's science on it and it's great oh. and we love the conversation I love the conversation um, which is mostly authored by people with phds or getting phds was which is always fun
0: yeah it's kind um, of like translate like its whole thing is translation translating science yeah it is and i had um, when i won my
1: award last year i sat next to the like editor-in-chief or whatever and she was just oh, the bomb cool. she was so cool um and anyways where was i going with that oh i was gonna ask you a question about daycare in specific naps because you said that Mm -hmm. timo doesn't nap anymore during the day neither does sienna except at daycare yeah and oh my god like when she doesn't nap during the day she goes down really easy she's happy it's fine she goes down at like seven o'clock which is ideal for me because like she gets up at five o'clock regardless and like we don't get any time alone we don't it's just exhausting if not so when she's home with us she doesn't have an inkling to nap she doesn't slow down unless we're in the car at like two or three o'clock, she will start to get Mm. a little bit tired, but if not, she'll just go all day and it's fine. At daycare, she always sleeps. And we put Mm. a rule on it, that she can only sleep for 20 minutes and then you have to wake her up. And like, the reason we did that, because even with 20 minutes of sleep, it means that bedtime is much later and significantly harder. And it's just, Mm. it's impossible to like, cause she wants to go to bed and she gets less sleep. So if she sleeps for 20 minutes of napping during the day, she will get on average two hours less sleep at night. So cumulatively mm-hmm. she's getting less sleep in the day by in a 24 hour period by actually napping. And I know mm-hmm. that that's problematic. So there's a bunch of like, I don't know. I saw someone's post the other day where there was like science on how children need to nap up to like four years old. It's
0: good for their cognitive mm-hmm.
1: development. I was just like, that's not the whole story. Yeah. yeah, some because, children
0: and probably most children, but not all. Yeah, but also
1: there is a ton of research um, or at least one very big study I've seen that shows a very big connection between the amount of daytime sleep and the um, and the challenge getting to bed, challenge um, like later bedtimes and shorter overall sleep in general in a 24-hour period. So there's this big mm. connection with it. But I just don't know how to navigate it. Like I like we asked the daycare, like try to keep her awake. And they're like, cool, if she falls asleep, she has to have legally at least 20 minutes. And we're like, that's so fine. But just see how you go keeping her awake. And like, I get it. It's really hard to keep a child awake when they have the calming music on, the dark lights, their bed's all made up. It's cold and everybody
0: else is doing it. And, it, and, and also presumably also... daycare is a much more exhausting environment because of the social element.
1: Yeah, you would imagine so. And then you also have to think, well, the educators also need a break. They need to be able to clean. They need to be able to organize the next activity, all these kinds of things. And it's just like, what do we do? Like, I don't know how to solve this problem. We're in this really awkward stage. And I feel like it must be really infuriating for my educators to have me as a parent be like, can you try and keep her awake? And they're like, no, like we can't. Like one, it's really hard to do that. And two, like we need that time. I just don't know what to do. It's very frustrating, and there's just doesn't seem like there's any end in sight. Yeah,
0: <laughs> there, I mean there will be. Everything feels like yeah. it'll last forever, but it's almost always a phase. Mm. But I relate to the sentiment. Um, yeah. I think because we previously team, we had put a cap on Timo's sleep at an hour. Mm. Um, we did that. To it begin was starting, with. Yeah, it was yeah. starting to really disrupt nighttime. But then, oddly, and they. Sometimes they'd do it and sometimes they wouldn't, which is also fine because it really depends. And he is not, he doesn't wake up well. Um, Mm, If he wants to be asleep, he won't wake up. Um, And I've struggled with like when he does fall asleep, he still sometimes naps at home. Um, Like I've literally just sat there poking him and he sleeps through it. Um, So I recognize it didn't, they couldn't always do it. But then we, so we did like a month or two months of forcing the hour cap and then mm. it kind of stopped happening and it stopped affecting his nighttime which oh. was really weird that is weird um and then now if he naps it does push nighttime sleep back but it actually works for us better because we still don't have time together at night but it also doesn't matter too mm. much because i'm pregnant and i'm so tired I go to sleep early anyway. So we, even if he's down early, we don't have time together because I'm asleep pretty soon after. So I figure this none of this is helping you solve your problem, <laughs> um, but just sharing our own not, way of doing not, things.
1: I don't think it's necessarily a problem. I know that there's a lot of people that have this challenge. I've had educators DM me about it. Um, Being like, what do we do? Like, we feel really bad because the kids look really tired, but the parents are saying, Mm. don't let them nap, not even for 20 minutes. And, like, I get it. Like, I don't – I just don't know. Mm. Like, this is just that – this happens with every nap transition. This one just feels especially long because she's been transitioning out of naps since we went to Scotland in August or July, even whenever it was. So this has been a long period of nap transitioning. It's just really tricky. And Mm – Yeah, it's, I don't know, if you guys have done it, let me know, tell us when it ends, if it ends, if you're an (laughs) educator and you've found a good solution to this, hit us up. Because I am not sure, I'm just tired. And like, I'm tired, she doesn't want to go to bed, and
0: I do. Mm. Like, so what do you
1: do when like, you're so tired and Timo doesn't want to go to bed? Like, who just, like, what happens? Well, my
0: husband's a night owl still, so I, so both historically before children we were both night owls Mm. um since having timo i have through um an attempt to cling to sanity i Mm. go to bed a lot earlier than i would otherwise Mm. um but thankfully it we've only had one and like a single instance where i was ready to go to bed and he kind of wasn't and then i just went to bed with him and we closed the door and said you can and we turned the light off and said, you can play, you can read books, you can play, but we I don't know, we had a nightlight on so we could still see, um, but I'm going to be sleeping and you can do what you want. Um, Ugh. And he, he kind of, he was starting to doze off and I think he was awake for like another 10, I was still awake obviously. It only lasted about 10, 15 minutes or so. We try that and it yeah. ends in,
1: oh, so much screaming and crying and yelling at us. Like I just... I fell asleep the other day before she did and like there is nothing my husband can do. She will try and wake me up no matter what like there is. It is just carnage. Like she just, I don't know. She's just got these rules about how things need to be and that we can't vary them. Like no matter how much we try, no matter how much like gentle Mm -hmm. behavioral shifting, like I don't know. It's just chaos. So it's a fun time being a parent. That's okay. Sounds hard. It is not fun, but that is okay. We will figure it out slowly yeah. or it will just keep happening until her brain finishes doing, doing what it's doing and, yeah. you know, the software update occurs or the firmware or the, I don't know, some kind oh. of update. I know. Um, yeah. What else do we want to talk about today? We've, do we need to catch up on anything else? I think most
0: of my stuff. Um mm-hmm. What are your 2023 20, goals? You don't really do that.
1: Oh, like, but I mean, for your business, like, what are you, what are your upcoming plans for your business? I should say. Um, have a baby.
0: <laughs> have a baby. That's a good one. That'll Experience do. business disruption. Um, yeah. But no, I... <laughs> um, AKA maternity leave. <laughs> pretty much. But no, so I... Um, have i'm starting a few new sense cent- so i run my my main income comes from running sensory classes at daycare mm. centers um so i deliver those to four different centers at the moment and for 2023 that's probably going to um jump up to another um so at what is it 12 total mm. um which is wow. awesome there's yeah so they're that's all lined up yeah so they there are new centers that i'm on board um, to start at but they haven't opened yet so they're mm. opening their rollout is happening throughout the year um, and so I've got some I've hired some people to help me deliver those which is exciting so like lots of lots of really exciting business stuff um, and then yeah having a baby in June so trying to juggle and navigate that um, I'm currently yeah. just burying my head in the sand and telling myself that it will all be fine. Um, sure, well, that doesn't sound like effective postpartum planning. <laughs> well, okay, I'm lying. Um, I do have actual plans in, in place. Um, mm-hmm. I've got someone who is my second in command to um, take over and, like, be my organiser on the ground and only come to me for, like, half to get done. And I'm planning to take three months completely off. And then like go back a couple of days, like one day and then two days and then like do a real slow Mm. restart. Um, But the good thing is most in terms of delivering my classes, it's only in the morning and the afternoons, Mm. usually admin. So I'm trying to, this is something I need to figure out, but I'm trying to figure out like who I can hire to be a babysitter for like two hours. Mm. And they come in the car with me to the center. They sit next to to me with a baby. It's yeah, I a want nanny. a nanny, but like, that's no, that's exactly what I want, but I want them to come with me and like, just be there. Yeah. Where that sounds ideal. basically a, a baby holder. So I haven't actually started to look into <laughs> anyone, um, cause I hope to breastfeed, um, at mm. least perhaps not exclusively, but at least primarily, mm. um, but yes. Anyway, so these are some. <laughs> I've got lots of like half-baked plans that I really need to sit down, advertising and properly for one bake. baby holder.
1: Please yeah. apply within.
0: <laughs> Pretty much. Um, oh but yes, God. the the real thing is I've got I've hired Catherine from Mother Up, and mm. I'm our first meeting is in I think next month or the month after. To Ooh. like she's my person to keep me accountable to like make actual plans instead of half baked plans. Oh. So good job. Um, we yes. love that. So that's, I've got a plan to make a plan. Um, <laughs> we love that. We love that. that. And
1: when you've got the plan, um, you'll walk us through it, and we can learn from
0: precisely
1: the things that worked and the things that didn't, which is wonderful. Exactly. What about you? <laughs> what are your goals and plans? Oh look! I just need to survive my job and hopefully get another one because my contract yes. ends on the seventeenth of January. Oh, a year, a oh. year today. Oh, that's bleak. Oh, next not, year. Yeah, not today.
0: Not today. No. I was gonna say. I'm like, um, Barry, I'm gonna wind up.
1: Um, no, I, so I've been, I've applied for a fellowship already. Like I've done an EOI, I've got a big fellowship to apply for. That'll take me quite some time, but that doesn't start until 2025 if I get it. And that's, Mm. it's very competitive. So, you know, I'm not sure about that. Like that's work stuff. And like, just, you know, publish a bunch of papers that have been sitting in my, like out for review and stuff. One of them's going to preprint. If you guys want to go and look at it, it's about, um, the video deficit, which is about how kids are meant to learn poorer from screens than from real life people, but I failed to find it um, that's almost ready to be published. And I've got a couple more. I've got honors students doing publications, like all projects. Mm. I've got projects going on. So that's just my work life. Um, social media wise, I'm literally just hanging in there. Hey, like I am just posting content when I can. Sometimes it's high quality. Sometimes it's just me flicking my camera open and having a quick chat because it's all, I think useful. Um, sometimes I get stuck with like thinking that it all has to be high quality and beautiful but then i have to remember that sometimes it has to be self-compassionate and like yes
0: you've held yourself to a pretty exacting standard so i it's very (laughs) good i'm very happy to hear that you're being more relaxed with it
1: yes and i have just started recording my lectures, like re-recording my lectures again and just chucking them up on YouTube. So I do like half a lecture a week. So I, if you guys didn't know, I used to teach developmental psychology. So I'm just taking the lectures that I used to do and kind of translating them, but like doing no prep. I just pull up my slides that I used to give the lectures on. And obviously I know the content because I've given the lectures a few times. Um, but I didn't want to put up like the actual lectures cause they're dry and they're boring and they're for second year mm-hmm. undergraduate psychology students. And that's just meh. And I'm sure the university will come, will come for me if I try to put it on my platform
0: yeah, and monetize probably.
1: it. So yeah, I've just started like recording that. So this morning I did the first part of an attachment lecture, which I'm pretty sure is live. Um, but by the time you guys hear about this, it'll be well and truly live, um, And yeah, I'm just seeing how that goes, just being super like, like casual, just pulling up my lecture slides, talking to the camera and explaining like things like what is attachment theory, how to raise happy kids based on attachment science, like um, attachment 101, I think it was basically. Um, And yeah, so that's my new like direction for social media this year is more just like um, trying to put longer form content out there. Alongside mm-hmm. their shorter form content, because you know, who knows what's going to happen with the short form content? It's all the rage now, but we don't know if it's an enduring style of content or whether people are going to get really fatigued by it. So yeah. I'm just well, trying you know, to when give YouTube options. started,
0: videos yeah. were like max three minutes, and now what? it's really common. Yeah, like the, in, so back in maybe you're too young because you are young. And, um, <laughs> we there's like but... two years between us. <laughs> There's five years between us. How old are you? Which is at, uh, no, I'm I'm not good at numbers, but I'm 33. I'm
1: 20. I'm turning 30 this year.
0: No. Yes, I'm turning. I'm turning 30. I'm turning 34 this year, so I win. So there's um, four years between us.
1: Anyways, Oh,
0: you're an eighties baby, 89. Yeah, 89. Hell yeah. Mm. Um, But anyway, that doesn't matter. And yes, there's only four years between us. But um, I was really into YouTube in like the early days when it first started. I kind of was an early adopter. But um, the like in the 2006, 2007 YouTube land, like all of the content creators made videos at like three and four minutes and anything longer did not work. Um, And now obviously in YouTube land, it's the complete opposite. Like now it's like 20 minutes. 20, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: So you're absolutely right. Different like different mediums and like platforms go through phases and stages and all you can do is ride the wave.
1: I also feel like like parents don't always want to like sit there and scroll to learn sometimes Mm. they want to chuck something in their ears and walk around and listen like kind of like like a podcast like this so that's always been really good because it made me feel like I could be heard and express myself when all the freaking drama would go down on like TikTok and stuff. Like, I had a mm-hmm. video that didn't even go that viral on TikTok, but it was about apologies. And oh, my
0: saw, I saw your I saw your apology apology video. <laughs> well, I didn't apologize. I just no, I know, but I saw your re like your reversion of it.
1: Yeah, I did a second one to be like, guys, yeah. like you're focusing on the wrong goddamn thing. Um, Mm. and yeah, like it just, it feels nice to be able to then go through it. And I mean, we don't need to talk about apologies and the drama on that here, because we've actually already done that in journal club. So you can go there to Mm -hmm. like, listen to the journal club apology episode where that evidence actually came from. But yeah, I feel like diversifying the way I bring content and the types of educational content versus everyday content versus self-compassion content. Um, just trying to be more of a real person again, Mm because I think that's where I started. And then I got. I started work last year and was like, oh, I need to make this more of a science communication platform. And I started getting further and further removed from people and mm-hmm. like my personality and who I am. So yeah, I'm just kind of coming back and diversifying how I do it all. And hopefully I
0: have been dialing back.
1: If you haven't noticed, I've dialed back. I, I had, no- I I had noticed. I
0: know. I had. I was, I actually, I was looking this morning at your TikTok and I'm like two days ago.
1: I Good know. job, Kristen. I know you should be so proud of me. My TikTok is dead, so whatever. The algorithm's changed, and like, it's just dead. So I don't really. I think that's part of it, though. Like,
0: not being beholden to the views. Like, yeah, I am not beholden to the views, and I think largely because my income doesn't come from that is what Mm. really helps. Yeah, mine does. Only do it for Mm. wanting, like just doing what I want. But it is so weird, right? Like, my I had a post last week and it got like 10,000 views and it did like really, really well for me. Those are big numbers for me. Um, and then one that I did this week got like 17 likes total. And I'm like, what the hell?
1: And what? I have no idea.
0: I know. I have no idea how or why. Um, and I decided to not care and not investigate.
1: Yeah, no, it really doesn't matter. <laughs> why? Because you're putting out the content that feels good and the people who engage in it really value it. And I think that's the same with the pod. Like, I have half a million people across my other social platforms, but our pod doesn't get that many listens. Like, I think we get like a thousand listens an episode, but those thousand people that come back every single Mm. week are the ones that love it, that engage, that find value in it. And that is a thousand people more than we would have reached with any of the science that we've ever done. Like, Mm -hmm. it's still... Yeah. I don't know. We, when we did the Spotify wrapped at the end of the year, our listeners were the devotees because they come back every, like every single time. So you guys are the best. You always come back. You are our most engaged. You're like our OGs, our big fans. Um, and we love that. We love that you feel, I went, Oh, this is actually really awesome. Um, I saw Matty, which is one of our friends from mm. our PhD. Um, she lives in Edinburgh. So I actually hadn't, haven't been that long since I'd seen her cause I spent three weeks with her in Scotland when I went there with my family but I saw her again and she's like yeah I've started listening to your podcast and I was like that's very strange because you don't have children you have no desire to ever have children but okay and she's like yeah it was really nice I felt like I was having a conversation with you guys it's so awesome and I was like oh that's really sweet so Maddie I know you're listening um potentially so thank you that was very kind but I think that's it is a lot I find
0: it so feel. interesting I've got a few um few of my cousins who are in their early 20s don't mm. have kids one of whom um express that this has said has no interest in having kids um which is good for her um and I'm like you listen thank you so much she's like oh yeah because I remember you were talking on the podcast I'm like what what know. are you listening to my podcast for she goes I think it's interesting I was like that is so sweet so it's adorable, thank you, Eleanor I even um, have some of
1: my students that listen and like then they yeah. tell the other, like my other students in the lab and they're like, what? You don't know that she has a podcast? You haven't been listening to her podcast? You don't follow her? <laughs> and I'm just like, wait, what is happening? Like, guys, I am your academic supervisor. I'm like, oh man. But yeah, anyway, Please don't
0: listen or do listen. I don't I'm know not that. sure. Like I'm the same oh, yeah, person. Exactly.
1: I am the same person as an academic supervisor, as I am on the podcast, as I am on social yeah, media, yeah, as sure. I am in real life. I am the same person everywhere. I don't have... Well, I I have a mask and I wear it all of the time, but my like my mask is coming off slowly. Mm. Um, but yeah, I am genu- genuinely the same person all the time. So yeah, it's it's very interesting. But yeah, I don't know where this conversation just went. We were just
0: having a bit of a chat. Um, I mean, this this that's the whole. Hey, okay, <sighs> fine. you uh, you always ask me, so I'm gonna j- put oh. it on you. Fun fact Friday, go.
1: Fun fact Friday is not about science. Um, it's actually about um, a seminar that I was asked to do with the breastfeeding conferences, um, which I was super ch- Like I was super confused about because they don't have a major online presence. I was like, Oh, I better have a meeting about this and figure out what it's about. And I talked to her and everything like that. And then she's like, yeah, you'll be talking alongside other people like Dr. James McKenna and Lindsay Hookway. And I was just like, what? Oh my goodness. <laughs> just oh, like, my goodness. How did you get so many big names? Like, here I am thinking I'm just like this random, like, chick off the internet. And then I went onto to their Instagram page. And guess who was at their last in-person conference in 2019? Who? Mark, our supervisor. Hi. Awesome. That's Our cool. academic supervisor, which makes me feel like it's now like a very valuable academic experience. If he finds it important enough to go mm. and speak at the breastfeeding conference about like cross-cultural child development and like sleep and like how it affects feeding and things like that and the care of children. Like mm-hmm. if, if James McKenna didn't sell me, um, oh. and Car- I'm pretty sure Carly Grubb is on there too. Like if Amazing. those people didn't sell me, seeing my former... PhD supervisor valuing it certainly did. Um, And it means I can do it in work time. So that's always fun. Um, So yeah, I will be doing a seminar on, we decided in the conversation, she was like, yeah, just talk about infant sleep. And I was like, I'm not really an expert in infant sleep. Like I'm okay at it. And I can go and do a bunch of research Mm. and create a seminar. But if you've got James McKenna, like I'm not gonna add any more value. Yeah, and Lindsay Hookaway, like that's- I know. So I was like, you know what I can do though? Because this is for a bunch of healthcare professionals is I can give you the evidence on how your patients are coming into the room, what knowledge Mm -hmm. they have, which is all garnered from social media, all the research around how parents now trust and rely on healthcare information from social media more Mm -hmm. than doctors and Mm -hmm. can start like presenting a bunch of myths and facts that Mm -hmm. kind of readjust um, your expectations of your client, your your patients, your clients, whatever, um, as well as some of the like, Things that have changed since you went through medical school, things that are still being taught in medical school when they shouldn't be. So, like, mm-hmm. we decided to go more down that, like, misinformation and um, perspective taking of your um, patients' knowledge base. Um, That's cool. Knowing That's really that cool. you are now going to be the voice of reason in a sea of misinformation presented to you via social media. And mm-hmm. I haven't quite figured out yet how I'm going to do it. I'm going to have to do some research, but I want to find a way where they can deliver that information without sounding patronizing and like, yes. you know how they're always like, get off Dr. Google, don't Dr. Google it. and They're like, not going to. No. So they are so going to keep silly. listening to it. So you've got to kind of like arm them with information. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's more like giving them the resources to be able to direct their patients in the right direction instead of saying, mm-hmm. oh, like, your baby's not sleeping at six months old through the night being like, okay, so sleeping through the night is technically known as like five hours straight. Um, yeah. there is lots of things that could cause this. If your child's extremely wakeful, we need to interrogate these things first. Um, no, you don't need to sleep train. Yes. If you do sleep train, it's going to impair your breastfeeding relationship. So just talking through the pros and cons of these kinds of things, yes. um, rather than like being like, get off social media, that's not going to help. It's like, okay
0: these are the like the 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 time reduction instead of like abstinence education right yeah basically it's like
1: um, so anyways, I put a story on my Instagram earlier being like, send me all of the like crazy shit you've seen sleep trainers say on this platform so mm. I can use it in my talk. And I have like a hundred messages. I, was gonna <laughs> say, I, I, I saw that went up. Ago. Ago. This is about to, I'm just getting smashed. Like I don't even yeah. know where to start on this. Like I didn't even put up the results for like what the best coffee cup is. Cause I'm looking for a new travel coffee cup. But anyway, that's real relevant, but yeah, that seminar will be really cool. I don't know how it's going to be available. It's a recorded one. Um, but it'll all be through the bre- through breastfeeding conferences. So it will be paid and targeted towards healthcare practitioners. People have asked mm. for it. So, yeah, I think we will find out um, where that is, but also that means you can also talk because I, I think they pay for the whole thing and then they get to hear like James McKenna talk and t- Carly Grubb yeah. and it's available for a certain period of time. So that sounds like fun and that is what I'm working on. So that's awesome. my Fun Fact
0: Friday on a Tuesday. I will just... I love that. Although I will do a slight snide comment about how you always rouse on me for just sharing what I'm working on and saying that's not a fact. Um, even <laughs> though I'm here for it, I'm just I'm just throwing it back at you. I love that. But, um, yeah. You can give me. You can have a I go have, at me.
1: That is fine.
0: <laughs> anytime. I have an actual. Well, no, I don't have a fact. I oh. have. A, I have a thing about facts. It's kind of fact mm. adjacent. So um, you tagged me in a skincare story that you did the other week yes um i I because i'm obsessed with skincare i love skincare ever since i was Mm -hmm. 25 and i don't know why 25 but that's just the year that i got obsessed with skincare and have been (laughs) ever since so almost a decade of like skincare obsession and i think for me it's not about appearances it's about how it makes me feel and it's like the ritual Mm. and the kind of potions master vibes Mm -hmm. that i feel um when i get to do my skincare routine but i've been doing lots of research because lots of i had lots of questions about like what's safe during pregnancy because Mm -hmm. there's so much Mm fear-mongering around what women can and can't do during pregnancy in general um Mm -hmm. but particularly when you add like cosmetic information or like um quote-unquote beauty skincare stuff and i mean the skin is your biggest organ so it's a health Mm -hmm. thing it's not a beauty Mm -hmm. thing per se yeah um there's a lot of misinformation and i've been really like delving into the science of what is okay what's not okay and there's so little research Mm -hmm. um and even the research that is out there so many of the conclusions are we tested a thousand patients there was no difference we determined no adverse reactions but women should avoid it just to be sure and i'm like that's not a good that's a terrible conclusion and that's everyone comes conclusion. up with the same conclusion and it just reminds me of apparently so i'm pregnant and the last time i was pregnant was three years ago or three and a bit years ago and the advice has slightly changed from back then currently um i don't remember being told not to eat eggs or to be careful about how my eggs were cooked oh. when i was pregnant with timo whereas there's a lot i of, knew this Uncooked Talk about eggs that now they've got to be yeah I, they've got to be
1: completely cooked
0: but yeah and i mean this is true they do but then some some healthcare professionals and not doctors per se but some are going so far as to tell women to just avoid eggs Mm. uh which is a terrible idea because um there's this awesome i can't remember her name but there's see if we can add it in the show notes but there's this awesome um dietitian nutritionist on instagram Mm. who talked about how eggs are the best um way to get choline which is really Mm. useful for brain development and Mm -hmm. um nervous system and baby's eyes and all when you're Mm -hmm. pregnant it's a really great source of choline and that to get the same level of choline you need to eat like something like like six cups of spinach a cup of like broccoli and like it was an amount of food that would feed you for the whole day which is just not tenable versus one Mm. egg Um, (laughs) wow and like and the chance of getting salmonella which is the risk factor of eating uncooked eggs is one in 60,000. Wow. So yes, the risk is there, but is it worth telling women not to eat eggs? Like, no. I feel like this Um, is where
1: Emily Oster started building her platform, like debunking these with her. Like we now know that Emily Oster is quite a controversial Mm. topic and we will be visiting that in book club, which you guys wouldn't have heard about yet, but we are running a book club where we do a different evidence-based parenting book every week. Not every week. Holy shit, that would be awful. Um, Every month. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I feel like she built her platform on that, but she – like I now don't know if we can really trust a lot of the content in there, nor that that we ever could, to be honest, she's an economist, not a, not a healthcare practitioner. Um, because she did a lot of really questionable stuff during COVID and like crib sheet has a bunch of problems in it. Like there's a in the family firm. It has a lot of problems in it. I feel like we're living in Walden too when we think about Emily Oster's household. Um, (laughs) but I mean, we'll talk about that more when we do the book club book review. Um, yeah it's it's so murky and it's so hard to figure out what you can and can't do um like i remember reading something about salicylic acid and then i was like oh there's salicylic acid in my shampoo better stop using that when i was pregnant with sienna and i was like wait what
0: yeah speaking of salicylic acid is okay there's so Mm -hmm. there i found a single source that says avoid it but the thing is it's only in like prescription level doses yeah so if you're like and and i understand why some like gps or other doctors would be like oh so if you have it at really high levels it's dangerous so let's just avoid it altogether but it's like mm. if you have like a boatloads of potassium you're gonna get it's probably really terrible for your baby that doesn't mean you don't eat bananas mm, um good point Like it's, it becomes yeah, it's a tricky. like a risk benefit analysis and not
1: a and I think it um, comes abstinence. down to whether it's like harmful to remove it or not. So the eggs yeah. sound like one that like might actually be pretty harmful, but things like the salicylic acid in my shampoo, I was just like, eh, I'll just switch shampoo, shampoo, yeah. shampoos. It's fine. Or like retinol products, I'll just not use them yeah. for nine months and then switch back on. It's so fine.
0: Uh, and that's like, and if it's, it's like individual things, but when women are told like this grocery list of things that they cannot do, mm, and it's that's exhausting. Different to inform people about here are the risks versus you cannot mm. um anyway anyway that's yeah. kind of where my brain has been at the moment trying to write this post about what's safe in skincare and for the most part most things are safe yeah um, that's good which is uh um reassuring yeah
1: we love that well anyways i think we've yammered on for long enough this is a pretty mm. long episode um, always. so thank you for joining us everybody and we will chat to you in the next one Bye. Bye.